Hello, you have reached episode three of a Riot and Frolic podcast. In today's episode, I'll be reading Measuring the Immeasurables, which I'll link to in the notes. Welcome to Riot and Frolic, a mostly ballroom dance podcast in which I'll read dance-tastic posts from my blog, complete with the volume, emphasis, unintended sidebars, and accidental life lessons you'd expect. All right, let's hit it. Measuring the immeasurables. You run a race, you have a time. You play a ball game, you have a score. You lift weights, you have a number. But then you have figure skating, gymnastics, and ballroom dancing. The gains aren't measured in inches or times or home runs. The scores are based on people's opinions, not on a concrete measurable. And there is constantly controversy in the results. If you hadn't noticed, especially these days, no one agrees on anything. See, politics, religion, and any sports message board. Yet, skating has compulsories required elements, and technical judges. Gymnastics has difficulty and execution scores, required elements, and hundredths of points. Ballroom dancing is an art that, in its competitive form, has not yet been regulated into points and bonuses and requirements, for better or for worse. There is little to no regulation in couples dancing down in levels that they have, in theory, passed out of, to place better in a competition for. Even if the scoring system were perfect, I've seen people win and not feel great about it because other couples of their caliber weren't there. It felt bad. Other couples were sick. I've seen people not make the final and celebrate because it felt amazing. The field was really tough. They made a cut. They got a call back. Strangers cheered for them. Whatever. So how do you go to a dance competition and feel good about it with all of those factors that could make winning or losing either good or bad. First suggestion, do not make goals based on placement. Unless you have literally competed against every single other couple many times and won every single time by placing first in all dances, you may not expect to win. It is completely random and not based on anything you have control over. I hope you listened to episode one already. You can't control if the judges see you, when the judges see you, how the judges place you, who else shows up, and how well those other couples dance. The only thing you have control over is how you dance. You may, however, choose certain people to put on your hit list. If there is a fellow competitor who dances at the same level as you, But who you go back and forth on with scoring or who scores slightly above you, you may have a goal to beat that person. You must make a specific goal. Beat whoever this is in the scholarship at wherever, win the bolero in freestyles over him, or take marks off of them in the finals. You don't have to be rational about wanting to beat this person or couple. Maybe she told you you rock a lot of polka dots, or you heard him say espresso, or you think you're just better than the other person. If it motivates you to do the following, then great. Do the following. 
lead up to your competition or event with short-term goals that last like one or two weeks that build toward a longer-term goal, which ends at your event. So footwork, posture, timing, musicality, performance, these are all very broad long-term goals. If you need help setting dance goals, I suggest you buy a book that I will link to in the notes, but also tell you more about called Dance to Your Maximum. It's an amazing book. We'll talk about it later. Or talk to your teacher. Duh. Your teacher will obviously have many ideas for things that you could be working on that are concrete. Nailing your heel turns, keeping your eyes off the floor, listening to the music, holding your slows, and smiling excuse me, are all short-term goals. Short-term goals can be broken into very measurable actions. Measurable actions are things that you can make a checklist for and are very definite to check off, such as, I will practice heel turns 10 minutes a day for the next month. Three times this week, I will have my friend watch a dance and yell at me anytime I look down. I will put my headphones on and practice with music 30 minutes a day until the competition. I will count one, two on each slow in my routine this week. I will videotape my cha-cha and watch it to make sure I am smiling the whole time on Friday. And videotape is such a funny word because obviously nobody has like a VHS recorder (laughs) anymore, but I'm always going to use that word. Then write them down, check them off move on to the next short-term goal that builds towards your long-term goal. You'll be getting closer to the long-term goal. You'll complete the long-term goal. You'll get a new one. You'll repeat. You'll get better. At your event, your goal is not to get first place, which is stupid. It is to have that awesome footwork I've been practicing for two months. These are things that you're still supposed to be doing in your goal setting. You're supposed to take videos. Videos suck. Most people don't enjoy watching their own videos, but videos are also a really obvious visual progression of your dancing. Look at your tape from six months ago. A, it's probably not as bad as you thought it was when you first watched it. And B, comparing it to your new video, you'll you'll be surprised at how far you've come. Next, trust your coach's opinions. Teachers and coaches can tell you if you've improved regardless of results and not just to feed their own egos. Next, trust your feelings. This one sounds really lame, but if you really ignore the placements you got and you ask yourself, was it fun, exciting, pretty, strong, easy, awesome, blissful, and the answer is yes to any of those, then you're moving in the right direction. Talk to strangers or let them talk to you. Do strangers cheer for you? That's really fun. For me, I like that. Do people you don't know say they love your dancing? Boom, done, world rocked. Well, winning is great. It's not everything. (laughs) I signed this off by saying, have fun, dance more, eat a cookie. Like, you know, whatever floats your boat. But now I have opinions, so hold on. I spend a lot of time writing about not winning because generally odds are not in your favor for winning. And if you set out only to win, you can really easily be disappointed. 
And you can even win and be disappointed because there's uncontested heats, you know? So even if you get first, sometimes it's not what you wanted because you wanted to dance against a semifinal or a quarterfinal. So when you set goals, good goals, no matter how competitive you are, it makes that event that you're aiming for about that real good goal instead of just the very subjective placement that might happen and that you have no control over. So a million years ago, when I was dancing pro-am, like as a student, uh, we were traveling to Holiday Classic in Las Vegas. It was a rather large competition. I hadn't danced silver, I think. And I really just wanted to make my instructor proud. If you remember who my instructor is or know who my instructor is, you would understand that concept. (laughs) Hopefully everybody wants to make their instructor proud. But I really just wanted to be a shining example of studenthood (laughs) to my instructor. And I hadn't danced at a really big competition. And this one had semifinals in uh, the freestyles. And then it had at least a quarterfinal in the A scholarships. I had done pretty well in the freestyles and then had made a cut, a first cut in the quarterfinal for the scholarship. And I was like, cool. And I didn't really think about it. I was just excited. And Shailene Archer, who is a super badass pro-am teacher lady, uh, was really excited for me. And I didn't know her. And I was like, this is so cool because she's such a badass. Um, and then I made the cut into the final and I still didn't really know what was going on, but thankfully my instructor like (laughs) steered me onto the floor and everything. And we danced and we went up for awards and, uh, they were calling out all the people and I was like, what is, why aren't they calling my number? And then we ended up winning and I was like, what do I do? And he's like, take my hand. I'm going to turn you. You're going to walk up to these judges and you're going to go say thank you. And you're going to grab your envelope and get out. And the whole time, I just had no idea what was going on, but I was so happy because I could tell my instructor was proud of me. Um, And that was it. Like, it made zero difference that I got first place at that competition because I knew that I had made him happy, which, you know, it's not great to put your goals on other people or like their perceptions, but that one was a pretty easy one to figure out because he would tell me one way like one way or the other, if he hadn't been happy with my performance. And he was, so yay. Sometimes your goal can be as easy as get on the floor. If you're new, like really new to ballroom dancing and you have a studio event coming up or there's an in-town competition or heck, there's an out-of-town competition that you just want to travel to, the main goal sometimes is just to get on the floor and do the thing. That also is a great goal if you're at a new level because often when you change levels as a pro-am or am or freaking even as a pro, you're like, oh, I'm not ready. Like it feels okay at a certain point, but you might not feel like, wow, let's go perform. Um, But you have to do it sometime. So getting on the floor is actually a really legitimate goal. Um, If you haven't competed before, that's another really great way just to see how you perform, how your anxiety is, like what is your performance style? Are you a superstar when you walk on the floor? Are you a bucket of nerves? 
So doing the thing, just do it. Nike had it right. Always go get on the floor. So it could be something really simple like that. It could be like, I need to nail all my heel turns. It could be like, I don't want to break my sides. A million goals, which brings me to this amazing book that I had mentioned. So Dance to Your Maximum by Max Winklehus. I'm going to say it that way because that's what it looks like to me. It is not a cheap book. It's a textbook for dancers. You can find it on Amazon for like $200. It might sound insane, unless you're a college student, to pay $200 for a book. Do do college students still have physical textbooks? Anyways, (laughs) it might sound insane to pay $200 for a book. But this book is like the ultimate dance textbook, I think. Totally worth $200. I would even probably pay $500 for it if it went missing someday. Um, It's worth it. It has great practice tips, uh, how to practice with other people, which seems obvious, but sometimes you need a little guidance one way or the other. It has great goal setting tips. It has uh, ways to make performance easier, including like diet and exercise and all sorts of things. It has a word, it helps you set up a word focus for each dance, which I absolutely love. So Dance to Your Maximum by Max Winklehouse. I'll link to it in the notes as well. Highly, highly, highly recommend this book. And that is my story for today. If you have any questions, feel free to leave comments. Ask anything you want to about ballroom dancing. Maybe about my life too, but we'll see what I answer. Thanks. Thanks for joining me today. If you picked up what I laid down, leave a review for the podcast. Come back next time. And in the meantime, go forth and practice.